Hello and welcome to week three of the Red Brick Football Podcast. Uh, this week the Premier League has returned and so we're much more up for it this week. Um, I've got some guests you'll recognise from the previous few weeks. Uh, Nicola's here. Hiya. Nathan's here. Hi everyone. Sam is here. Hi. And we've also got two new guests called Bradley. Hello. And Alex. Hello. Uh, Bradley and Alex, who do you support? Uh, I support United. and okay. Chelsea United that is. And I support Arsenal, but I'm a sort of part-time crew supporter as well. Interesting. <laughs> okay, so we've got a mix of opinions for today. Uh, I want to start today's show with a quiz question. I couldn't think of a feature. But this is a good quiz question, so you'll enjoy it. Uh, if anyone gets it, I'm going to be very impressed. Uh, right. Sunderland did it in 1979. Villa did it in 1981. Who did it in 1980? Think I know the answer, but it might be cheating. Okay. I think I'm even informed of the answer. Oh, okay. Well, give everyone else a go. Yeah, take us. Sunderland did it in 1979. Two own goals in the same game? No. Is this the FA Cup? Double? It is to do with the FA Cup. I think you should give them a clue. Yeah, it was a bit more than this. Okay. The answer is not a club. Haven't got a clue. All right. Do you want to tell us? I think it's uh, Sir Trevor Brooking. It is indeed. Do you know yeah. why? Um, was it Fred Sunderland in 1979? Alan Sunderland, yeah. Um, Ricky Villa in 1981. Yeah. So, <laughs> both scored FA Cup winning yeah. goals in those years. So the answer is Trevor Brooking. That is such yeah. a good question. Very good. <laughs> Thanks. Um, right, let's actually talk about the Premier League now. Um, the biggest game of the weekend, extended weekend, was Liverpool Man United. Uh, which we postponed the podcast recording from Monday to do, but that ended nil-nil. So out of spite for that, I'm going to start with Chelsea-Leicester. Um, Chelsea won 3-0. Mahrez was on the bench for Leicester, potentially rested for the Champions League. What do we think of this game? Did anyone watch it? Yeah, I saw it, and Chelsea completely ripped through Leicester. Leicester had no chance in that game. Um, I thought it was quite puzzling how Mahrez was rested Shows a lack of ambition, I think, on Leicester's part in the Premier League. Um, Chelsea looked better. Their three slash five at the back definitely seems to be working better. Um, interesting Moses as a wing back. Mm. Um, we should see what other people's ideas on Moses are as a wing back. I thought the, the uh, re emergence of Nathaniel Chalaber yeah. five years after he made his. Uh, <laughs> His first appearance for Chelsea. He got an assist, didn't he? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was unreal. That was, I don't know if it was intentional. <laughs> um, on that back three or five, uh, it's clearly the system Conte wants to play. Uh, and they kept a clean sheet this week. But there was no John Terry. He was coming back from injury. But do we think he'll fit into that system? Because they played David Luiz in central of that three. Do we think he'll If you, if you look back? at the system he played at Juve, all three centre-backs were... Extremely mobile. John Terry has has been mobile in the past, but that was probably about five or six years ago. Um, yeah, Bozzali, uh, Venucci and Chiellini, they were all relatively mobile, world-class defenders. Um, I'm not sure John Terry's even still world-class, so there we go. It'll take a while for them to, uh, to sort of get their stuff together at the back. Yeah. I think he did a job, though, because John they were Terry, playing yeah. in um, the middle of a back three. As Pilicueta. Yeah. It's one of the three. Yeah. 
think he's a good defender and he's extremely mobile. Yeah, true. I think if you were to play him, he'd have to be in sort of a sweeper role, just behind Davo, because Davo Luiz is very mobile. So behind him, if Davo Luiz goes forward. Yeah, he is. (laughs) He almost scored an own goal. And then hit a crossbar with a knuckleball free kick, which was great. (laughs) And completely uh, air shot a ball as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eden Hazard scored. Uh, he's a bit of an up-and-down season, but his goal was fairly lucky. He had a few rebounds and then he was in on goal. But he finished it nicely. Um, do we think that if he doesn't play well, Chelsea are going to struggle this season? Personally, for me, with the current top four, I don't think... They'll be on the periphery of it. I don't think they'll... I mean, how many games have we had? Sort of like eight or nine? Yeah. yeah, so it's hard to tell at the moment uh, I would say that they'll be there or thereabouts top four I don't think they've got a chance of winning the league because they're too defensively fragile um, but they do have a lot of well a few world class players more world class players than I'd say Liverpool do or Spurs do but as a team they're not obviously moulded into a correct team yet so ok um, Leicester Premier League champions have had a tough start to this year Um can someone tell me what's going wrong with them this season? Well, I think to start with, you mentioned about how Mahrez was benched. And um, I think that just sets a precedence, really, because they're, they're automatically, the fans and the players are thinking, are we actually really trying to win this game? You know, you're dropping your best, one of your best players. And, you know, see some of the goals they conceded, one of the ones, another one from a corner. Um, I mean, I'm aware that the rules have changed this year, but can they have that much of an effect on the team, you know? For me, it was just a lack of concentration, a lack of focus. Diego Costa was completely free in the six-yard box to put it away. I think that's um, it's just unacceptable. I think I don't know where that comes from the players. I don't know where that comes from the manager. But something needs to be done in the league anyway because we haven't started at all well. Yeah, they've conceded 14 goals already this season. I think they're missing Kante um, because they don't have like a defensive screen anymore. And he does. He used to start a lot of counter-attacks, which now Vardy's kind of missing out on. Um, I think also a psychological drop-off, having won the league, is probably a factor because it would be quite hard to hype the players back up for the league, whereas the Champions League is obviously something new for them and essentially a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for most of those players. So I think it's a lot easier for Ranieri to focus on the Champions League. Um, But I will say in their defence that they have played Arsenal at home and then Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea away. Uh, and they only got two points from those four fixtures last season, and they've got one point from those four fixtures this season. So they're actually not doing horrendously. Um, it's just quite sad to see, as you said, Mares being rested, and he took off Vardy and Mares at half-time against Man United, didn't he? Um, four nil down after yeah. the 20 minutes spell. It was like... <laughs> it was a weird game. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you don't have that partnership this season between Vardy and Mares. I've read mm. that the last time... Um, there was a complete pass between them. It was four or five games ago, which wow. is an astonishing story in itself. Start, yeah. yeah, I think they also missed Kazaki because yeah, he did a lot of course. a lot of running yeah. on and off the ball. <clears throat> I think um, they needed to strengthen in defence over the summer, and they did. Yeah, yeah. they spent forty odd million on strikers, didn't they? But they didn't buy anyone to. I did find that odd when they signed a few strikers that they didn't need mm. and didn't even really try and replace. Kante, you know, you lose someone like Kante, you can't sign one player and hope it's the same mm-hmm. low signing yeah. from France becomes yeah. a star player. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he's, he's not filled the gap. I'm you kind of need to sign three players that you can rotate yeah. in and out <clears throat> to make up for Kante. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sure. I think Morgan or who's needed to be replaced as well. Yeah. Or at least you need someone to challenge them for that place. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Leicester, I think they'll still be all right. I think they'll finish mid-table-ish. Yeah. I can't see them getting relegated. Definitely. I want to move on to Man City, Everton. Uh, a similar story here. Aguero was on the bench. I think it might be because he's coming off a thigh injury. Like Chelsea, City played three at the back in this game with Stones, Otamendi and Clichy. Do you think we, they looked good in this game? They, they had a lot of the ball, yeah. but didn't do much with it. Mm. Um, Everton allowed them, really, to have the ball. They didn't, they didn't press them, which I found a bit weird considering Spurs had laid the template of how to play them. Um, obviously, we'll get on to Steckenberg, but... Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't think City were too threatening. I think when you think about Everton at home... Maybe you'd see it's a decent point because Everton are dangerous. But mm. again, it's a game the City early should be winning, isn't it? They've shown, and especially given the circumstances of the game, you, know, you can't miss two penalties mm. and say that's a good yeah. point to come away with. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Stecklenburg. He did make two relatively good saves. I mean, they weren't very good penalties. No, um, not at all. But both penalties conceded by Jagielka, so that bodes well for England. Leroy Sané started this game. And I thought he looked quite good. He was lively. Um, certainly better than Jesus Navas. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. It's taken a while for Sané to sort of get in the get in the team. But do we like him? Do, does he look like a good sign? Definitely think Sané will be good. Come good. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be world class in three or four seasons for me. With that amount of potential. Did you ever see the goal they scored against Real Madrid? Yeah. Away? Yeah, I Three did. seasons ago. Well, I might have been two, actually. When Di Matteo was a... Schalke's manager. <laughs> I mentioned that to him. Um, yeah, and that was when he was 18. Now he's 20. He's a bit more athletic. Yeah. He should. He's, he's ready made for the Premier League. He's 6 foot 2 as a winger. He should be absolutely fine for me. Yeah, I think as well when you think, you know, him and Sterling on the wings, yeah. it opens up so much more space for someone like De Bruyne in the middle because you can't yeah, exactly. yeah. afford to risk losing those two and let them get behind you. Yeah. David Silva was also fairly good in this game. I think he goes under the radar a lot because of De Bruyne, but he does control games very well. Um, for me, he often goes missing in a lot of games. Though. Do you think? Yeah. The more important for some of the more important games I've watched him play. Yeah. I think it's sort of one of those sort of creative midfielder sort of. He's like an Ozil. Yeah. 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 Sort of, unless you're watching his whole performance and just watching him, you'll notice you'll, he, he does things and sort of he, he plays his own game. He's sort of, he's sort of like on a level yeah. above everyone on the pitch, whether or not he plays well. He's still sort of yeah. Yeah, he's still controlling things, but sometimes he yeah, batters to deceive for me. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, Lukaku scored, absolutely torched Clichy from about the halfway line. I think it was Stones who dived in before that, so he was out of position. And then obviously their back three became a back two, and Lukaku finished very nicely. Everton looked like quite a good team, and a point away at Man City is a quite a good one. Uh, what do we think Everton are going to do this season? I think he's got a good system going. He's, he's been playing four-three-three, um, I believe, um, with guys like the workhorse, the Kante, if you like. He, I think he's a really good player. Yeah, he's very well. mm. yeah, he's second he seems to, Kante to be everywhere. Stats, interceptions, tackles, even in an absolutely dreadful Villa team, those stats yeah. still manage to stand out. Mm. So yeah, I think he's he's a pretty decent player. Yeah, be. good signing. Yeah, I think there's a few players in that Everton team that aren't 
playing to their potential. Ross Barkley, yeah. for example, the curious He's a very frustrating player, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's, got, he's got so much potential, so much power, pace and technique. But sometimes, I mean, Cuban's brought it up on him a bit, mm. saying like he's yeah. sort of publicly outed him yeah. as underperforming, but... Yeah, but he, did, he didn't start on Saturday. I, I don't know if no, I can remember the lineup. Yeah. Um, Lassie played quite well. Yeah, got he's this. quite a handful when he cuts in. Um, he uh, he offers more than some of their other attacking options, mm-hmm. I believe, like yeah. Rallas. Yeah, exactly. Lemon. They yeah, seem to. The man with no end kind. I mean, Velassi's kind of in that ilk of player, though. I think in the season before last one, he uh, he was commended for his performances, but still only got four goals and four assists, something mm-hmm. like that, which is it's okay, it's good, but like. Also, one of the flatters to deceive. Exactly, yeah. 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 yeah, I reckon if you watched him live, you'd sort of watch about 20 minutes where he looks world class. Mm. Yeah. And then 70 where he's very. I mean, he, he came from League Two, didn't he? He, he, he came Plymouth. from non League. So, yeah. So, I, mean, I remember yeah. watching him play for Plymouth about five or six years ago and thinking, this guy thinks he's a bit too big time. <laughs> he's exactly the sort of player that 12 year olds love because he's got a skill yeah, move named after him yeah. on FIFA. So. The Balassi flip. <laughs> In all seriousness, um, though, I think. Everton could be delighted with the point, but I also don't think City ought to panic or anything. You know, no. I think they played okay. They missed two penalties. They will definitely believe they should have won. And, yeah. you know, still and they are league. still yeah top still of the top. league. Joint top with Arsenal, who I want to come on to now. Thanks for that segue. <laughs> um, they beat Swansea 3-2 in what I think was a closer game than potentially it should have been. Walcott's in form. He scored another two goals, uh, but for some reason can't replicate that for England um, Arsenal looked quite good and we were talking about this before the podcast started that a lot of the other teams around them have had things like they're going to be title contenders whereas Arsenal so far haven't really had that do we think that they can win the league? I don't think so I think it's a very typical thing with Arsenal that they play quite well until about Christmas mm. and then it all starts to fall apart a little bit Yeah, um, they've got a good squad um, maybe not as strong as City um, and then I don't think the team is collectively as good as a Tottenham or a Liverpool yeah. um, for me I think they'll probably be competing with United um, maybe Everton if they can stay up there for a, a third, fourth, fifth somewhere around that yeah. area I mean as an Arsenal fan I'd like to say yeah they have the capability yeah but exactly. until they until they prove that they can go the whole season and actually yeah. do it, mm-hmm. they have the squad that can win, mm-hmm. and especially yeah. the team that they're playing at the moment with Sanchez as the central striker, it's working for them. Yeah. They finally have that striker who can score goals and be a link player, which is what Wenger clearly has wanted, yeah. but what Giroud can't offer. Um, but I think the big issue last season was sort of January, February, Ozil and Sanchez both went down injured. Yeah, yeah. Ozil missed everything tip. And if you, if you lose either of those players yeah. at Arsenal, you're losing sort of mm. one of the two key yeah. pieces that exactly. makes it happen. Yeah. So if those two can stay healthy, then mm. I definitely think come March, those should be still within a shout. Yeah. But City might just be too powerful. I think it'll last longer this season. Mustafi and Xhaka, although Xhaka, obviously, we all know what happened to him on Saturday, but regardless, he offers us some sort of defensive steal that we've not seen. Although Coquelin is obviously a very capable defensive midfielder, 
Joker sort of offers the ability to control from deep. Yeah. And especially when you couple that with not having Mertzak in the team and having Mustafi instead, much more stable at the back. Um, and both of our fullbacks, I would contend that both of our fullbacks are probably first or second best fullbacks in the league. So, in terms of. Yeah. It, for sure. Yeah, yeah, Bellerin is up there with one of the best right backs in the world. Yeah, it's easy. It's so. I mean, he's come from. I mean, he went on way to Watford three years ago when he was mm. 17 and he coached in the Championship. I think that kind of tells you what you need to know about him. Yeah. I'll be speaking to the. World's, well, I think the world's best right back in a few years' time. Barca definitely won him back. Yeah, Everyone knows right. that. City as well. City could do with him. Another one. I think. I think. Perfect for them. I think Barca's yeah. the bigger threat because obviously he was at their academy first, yeah. and so he's more likely to want to go back there than move to a different. There are also Barca links at City. Just you know, they got yeah, Guardiola now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Have you heard him speak? Yeah. He's got the most sort of urban London oh, yeah. accent. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, I know he came to England at like 15, 16, but for him to have that voice is something, something to behold, yeah. isn't it? He does a lot of Call of Duty events. Yeah, I, mean, I saw that. Yeah. Um, we mentioned Xhaka. He got a red card for a pretty stupid tackle. But do we think it was a straight red? Because we've had some debate about this. I think it was. I know I'm an Arsenal fan, but if you look at it, it's a sort of foul where you can see why the referee gave it a red. Perhaps most refs might not, but for me, it was from behind. It was it was uh, it was a lunge basically. I don't know whether I can't remember whether it was two foot or not. I think it was just one. It was he knew what he was doing and I think it's uh, it's not you know, it's not stupid to say that that shouldn't have been a red card. So interesting so. view. I mean I was saying the same thing before that we started the podcast. It was he did, he lunged at it, it was it was a disgustingly cynical yeah, he knew tackle. What he was doing. He absolutely yeah. was certain very cynical. It's the one of those that you take one for the team, exactly. you stop the counter-attack, everyone gets back into position and he was expecting the other card, the fans yeah. were expecting the other card and um, it was amusing to see the red because that changed the course of the game, oh, yeah, really. Yeah. It really did. Um, I do think a yellow would have been sufficient because it is just one of those cynical tackles but as you say, there was a lunge there and I don't think he can argue too hard. I think they said, right. Wenger said it was harsh. Yeah. He didn't say it was, it was, it was the There was grounds for yeah. the red, absolutely. Yeah. But Xhaka has the worst disciplinary record in Europe since yeah. the start of last season. He's had five red cards and countless yellow cards. I don't know how many. But I think, yeah, I mean, I remember his first game when he came on against Liverpool and he um, he just, for 24 minutes, went around the pitch just yeah. snapping people's ankles. Sort of. And I think people's perceptions on him at that point may have been what have Arsenal spent 35 million on here. But mm. I think he's changed people's minds with other performances and other goals. I do rate him. Yes, he's a good player. He's, he's, he's got the ability for me to be like in the sort of Busquets ilk. In, you know. Wait, he offers a steal in his exactly, field. Yeah. That he needs. yeah, he's very aggressive. Whether that is a good thing in the long run with the amount of time I'd spend out yeah. with three game bans and such. But Maybe Wenger might be wise to sort of temper him. Yeah, but it has been in the past. I mean, Wenger yeah. usually sort of looks at the personality of a player yeah. and he's very wary of that before he signs a player. But, um, yeah, but he has Vieira, didn't he? Yeah, and he was prone yeah. to. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love a, I'd love a Vieira sort of player now playing alongside Jack. I think that'd be exactly what we would require. Um, one thing I want to touch on is we were mentioning how good the squad is earlier. I just wanted to to mention that I think they have a lot deeper squad this season than they have in the past few seasons because you you've got people like Ramsey and Giroud who haven't really played much this season still to come back. Um. So once we're talking about that Christmas period where 
everyone inevitably gets injured who plays for Arsenal. Um, you have a lot more players to come back this season. Isn't Welbeck coming back around Christmas as well? Mm. Yeah. I love Welbeck. He's like one of uh, although he isn't the most technically blessed. He, he works so hard. Yeah, he works so hard. And I remember a game against Spurs two years ago, and he just did Rose pace. He just put it past him and just went past him. For me, that shows. And I've watched him. I've watched him at Villa. He scored against Villa um, two years ago in a three 0 win. Um, and he just he just is a really good player, and he can play wide as well, which helps us because often often. One of Oxley Chamberlain or Walcott is permanently injured, so <laughs> it helps to have that cover, to say the least. Yeah. Um, the other factor is the classic, are Arsenal going to bottle it um, idea? And I know that last season they had these players, but they have Czech, who's won the Champions League, Ozil, who's won the World Cup, Sanchez won the Copa America twice, Kozol has won the European Championships. They have players. With that winning experience, don't mind Bellerin was just in the Euro squad, so yeah. he's like. And Mustafi was in the World Cup. Mustafi was on that second. They do. I just, I'm not sure whether it's just the sort of mentality around the club yeah. that years of yeah. having a good enough team to do it and coming close in the Champions League final and all of that. You do wonder if maybe they almost overexert and try a bit too hard, and that's yeah. why so many players get injured. They. They try and push that a little bit too much and tweak yeah. the hamstring and end up... There's an interesting article I read as well that um, if this was to be Wenger's last season, then it was argued that he would try and prioritise the Champions League because his biggest regret is that final in 2006. That's a risky game to play. So, I think yeah. even if we did prioritise the Champions League, we'd still go out in the round of 16. So <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. I, yeah. think, I think for Wenger, if this is his last season then he'll want to go out with a win. Yeah. And even though he'll obviously want to have won the Champions League, he'd rather win the Premier League one more time yeah. Yeah, and go out from Arsenal mm-hmm. on a high note than yeah. put all his eggs in the Champions League basket, which is, even if he does that and rests all his players and only plays Sanchez and Hazel in the Champions League, yeah. the squad is not on a Real Madrid or Barcelona level. I think, like you said earlier, um, the only way that they can be able to prove that they're not going to bottle it is by doing by, it, by doing it. And, and so it's sort of a wait and see thing maybe we'll come back in January and they'll be top and maybe they'll be proving that they could hmm. could do it but. all right um we'll take a break and then we'll come back and begrudgingly talk about Liverpool Man United and Nicola can tell us all about the lower league so we'll be back after this All right, we're back. Um, it's time finally to talk about Liverpool Man United. Uh, this was an awful, awful game. Uh, can we get a Man United fan's perspective on this from you, Nathan? Yeah, sure. Um, I think if you want to see a Mourinho football match, you've, you've seen that in a nutshell um, on Monday night. But I don't think that's for the United fans or staff to be disappointed with, really. Um, I think the onus was on Liverpool. Uh, the pre-match talk was all about how they were going to steamroll us. Their team is too good. They're too energetic. There's no way we're going to deal with it. And really, did they create anything? Did they create anything themselves either? In reality, they had, you know, Coutinho had a 40-yard shot. Realistically, I don't think either side threatened enough. Didn't try enough. And if anything, United actually created the best chance of the game. And if Ibrahimovic had taken that chance, we're looking back at a hopeful, you know, one-nil win. 
And you're thinking, well, it was a masterclass of performance. In the end, it's no nil. It's a decent point. We need to take that away. And then we've got Chelsea away next weekend. Um, so another tough one. Another nil-nil. Um, <laughs> I don't think we should be too disappointed. If anything, I think Liverpool should come away from that thinking this was a chance, really. They had a good chance in that game. They didn't try it too hard. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Man United made 44 clearances. That just, I think, sums up the game. Um, essentially, we were playing a back six yeah, for a lot of the game that. when you didn't have the ball. It was a block. It was just an absolute line of six. Yeah. And then seven when uh, they sort of got into the final third for like yeah. drop yeah. as well. I think... The bus was firmly parked. Absolutely. <laughs> I felt bad for Marcus Rashford because he looked pretty frustrated uh, playing on the right, essentially playing right back. I don't want to say it's a waste of his talents because obviously that's what his manager has told him to do and he should do it. But does anyone else have an opinion on the negativity that Mourinho brings? <laughs> if, that, if that performance would have been put in the, under Van Hal, back papers, every single paper, Van Hal disappoints again. It's just, I think it's the perception under Mourinho that this that is a, a good result to get. So it's sort of Mourinho's got this sort of like tactical nails. Everyone thinks, oh, well, he's, he's deliberately trying to get a nil-nil, whereas people think Van Gaal's going out to try and win 5 nil and can't deliver it. So I think that the, the perception... I think it's like football is a lot about perception. If you look at the managers, Mourinho often avoids stick, even if he plays completely negative tactics. Because he wins. Yeah, because he's won trophies. And, I mean, I hate the man. I can't stand him, but he is successful. But I disagree um, with that, really, though, because in game... I mean, we, under Van Gaal last year, we drew nil-nil with City at home, and it was the same response afterwards which was the game was poor it was tedious no one really tried anything but the problem was with Van Gaal was we did that in other games away at Watford yeah, at home to all, all the, the teams away at Watford okay, yes, we like, I don't know why I brought that one up but I meant like I mean I know we drew at home to Stoke as well yeah. you know one all was a poor result but it should have been 6-0 honestly the yeah. chances I don't know, I don't understand how we didn't score more yeah. we didn't have that under Van Gaal last year we really didn't we didn't create anything and I think I understand the reputation Mourinho gets because he comes to these big games and everyone's talking, you know, the hype around Red Monday, everyone's excited. My gosh, it was awful. But in theory, it hopefully will be a good result, a point away at Liverpool. Yeah. And when we fair. play at home teams like Stoke, that's when we expect to get good. Yeah, that's fair enough. In defence of that, I did put a bet on nil-nil because I could see <laughs> no other result. Um, Pogba played a number 10 role, potentially just for this game, but... Hopefully for the rest of the season. Did you like him there, Nathan? Personally, I was disappointed, I'd say. Um, apart from that one moment of quality, which again, if only Ibrahimovic had taken his chance, we'd all be talking about it. It'd be fine, it'd be perfect. The actual rest of the game, yeah, you can see there's a lot of effort, there's a lot of endeavour there, but the touch is a bit away from him. And it's, it was just disappointing. You can see he's trying hard, maybe a bit too hard. I'm getting fed up with shots from 45 yards out. Until one of them sails into the top corner, it's getting a bit tedious. But you got to stick with it. It's early days. He actually hasn't played in the Premier League before. You know, apart from a couple of games he had under Fergie, this, he really is yeah. settling into a new, a new life. So um, <clears throat> still giving plenty of time. But obviously, the fee is always dangling. <laughs> Everyone's aware of it. Yeah, I think though with football players, if the touch is just a little bit away from them, as long as they're still trying, like you'd rather they were making the effort and it was just the execution was lacking rather than they were standing around. And the execution was like, like, as long as they're running around, they're getting into the right positions, even yeah. if their touch is poor or the shot sells over the bar. You know, one day it will come off for them and they will beat their man and the shot will hit the top corner. Um, and you just have to stick with them. You can't bench someone because things aren't quite going their way. If Pep had done that with Sterling, mm. 
then he wouldn't have become one of the key players to City's yeah. success at the start of this campaign. Yeah, I mean, he was poor, Pogba. As a United fan, I was yeah, he quite was. frustrated. Everything he seemed to do didn't come off. Obviously, he had the one um, superb ball. I think he's trying too hard at the moment. Um, as you said, I think the weight of the transfer fee is definitely a burden on his shoulders at the moment. I think people have to remember he's nowhere near the finished article. We didn't buy a finished article. We bought a player with good ability but tons of potential. Whether you should be paying £89 million for a player with tons of potential is a different argument. But I think he will come good, um, but it'll take a little bit of time. He just needs to settle. He needs to find the best role. Um, yeah, it doesn't help. I do think he yeah, should be moved around. the furthest forward in a in a midfield three, which he technically was um, last night. I'm His not... favoured position is on yeah, the left, left of the yeah. midfield three. Yeah, um, I think that maybe we could play him on the left of the midfield three. It's maybe the most advanced. Someone sitting and someone maybe on the right in between mm. um, with two fast wingers and Ibrahimovic. But yeah, as I say, I think. It'll come good in time, um, but inevitably when you pay £89 million for someone yeah. and he puts in a performance like that, questions do and will be asked. Um, so I think that maybe you know the quality was lacking that maybe you feel the fee should warrant that there should be more quality there. Do you maybe think there's an element of he's just come back to Manchester, he needs to prove that they should never have let him go in the first place, even if it's not Fergie's the manager? Does he feel he needs to prove to the Manchester fans he should have been there the whole time? I definitely think there's an element here where he's trying to prove maybe a bit too hard what he can do, which is why he keeps taking shots and trying, you know, things that maybe just aren't the best options. But I really do think with time, obviously he'll come good. But um, I mean, it's always the same in the Euros, wasn't it? He was sort of the face of the French Euros. He was supposed to be the star player that won it for them. Yeah. And he played exactly the same way. He was taking too many long-distance shots. Yeah. Granted, in the Euros, he hit the bar a lot more, so it was a lot more of, oh, that was close, rather than, mm. oh, what a wasted effort. But there was a, still that element of, there was too much pressure on him to perform. I think he's one of those that performs best when the limelight's not on him. If the players are focusing on someone else, yeah. if the press is focusing on someone else, and he can just do his job, he is much better. Yeah, I read on Twitter that he plays best in the right areas, but perhaps those areas are back in Syria. Um, <laughs> that's Liverpool Man United. Uh, we've got to quickly wrap up. West Brom drew one with Tottenham. Uh, it was quite a tough game for Tottenham. And Chadley scored against his old team, which oh. is, was always going to happen. Oh. And classic West Brom, it was from a corner. I'll um, be honest, when I saw West Brom went 1-0 up, I was really hoping Spurs would lose that game <laughs> in a big way. Um... They are still unbeaten, though, and mm-hmm. third in the table. So maybe they will do an invincible season and then Arsenal fans can finally shut up about that. I do think they are, like Arsenal, they have to prove they're not chokes. And, you know, as the last day of last season will prove, they still, they still until they prove that they can maintain top four and can finish out a season as well. Yeah. Um, without Harry Kane in this game and... Maybe that was the reason they didn't get there. But they still have some good players. Um, other results in the league. Southampton beat Burnley 3-1. Uh, Nathan Redmond had a really good game. Yeah. Nicola, do you want to do our segment, <laughs> our classic Nathan Redmond segment? Nathan Redmond, the Birmingham boy. Uh, his passing accuracy was 92%. He had five shots, four crosses, four take-ons, one chance created and one goal. 
and scored a lot of fantasy points, which made me very happy. <laughs> what a guy. We love Nathan Redmond. Uh, Stoke beat Sunderland 2-0. Sunderland are still awful. We're <laughs> still Palace. Lost at home to West Ham. West Ham are no longer awful. But they have a home game next week, so I uh, expect that to return. Middlesbrough lost at home to Watford. And the result that we all love to see, Bournemouth 6-1 against Hull. And all six of the scorers for Bournemouth were English. So that's a very nice result there. Um, Nicola is just going to wrap up our show with a summary of the lower leagues. Um, Dan will know about the championship, but I'm going to ignore that today. Uh, Coventry, the local team against Charlton, was an interesting match. It got delayed for five minutes because uh, plastic toy pigs were thrown on the pitch and they had to be cleared away. Uh, Both sets of fans uh, were in on this protest and basically they just don't like their owners at all. Uh, Coventry are bottom of League One. Uh, They've only got nine points and are not looking great at all. Uh, Walsall are mid-table in League One with 16 points. They've had two wins on the bounce now, so they might be finding some form. Um, In League Two, Carlisle remain the only team unbeaten. And in the National League, Solihull Moors are 14th with still inconsistent form. And Forest Green Rovers are top again, but we know what they're all like. So they still won't get promoted. <laughs> um, you heard Nicola mention the championship there. Wigan drew nil-nil at home to Burton Albion. Um, that's the end of our show this week. You heard from Nathan, Nicola, Alex, Bradley and Sam. I was your host, Dan. Thanks for listening. <laughs>